Do you want to learn how to remote view? Now is your chance. The International Remote Viewing Association is offering eight weeks of remote viewing classes instructed by my friend Michelle Freed. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity starting Saturday, September 3rd, 10 a.m. Pacific. The course is only $150, and for members of the IRVA, it's only $110. Just visit irva.org slash events slash registration to sign up now. Welcome back to Forbidden Knowledge News. I'm your host, Chris Matthew. Today, I'd like to welcome to the show Crow777. Crow holds a degree in internet technology, and he researches the hidden world behind ours and the methods of deception being used by our controllers. His channel is Crow777 on YouTube. That's C-R-R-O-W-777. Crow, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. How are you? I am excellent, and we have a lot to talk about, but uh, since it's your first time in the program, give us a little bit about your background and what got you started doing this research. Well, I was probably started with my telescope uh, back in 2012 when I accidentally filmed the lunar wave, and then I spent years uh, filming the day and the night sky. Um, that's probably how most people became familiar with me. And along the way, I launched a podcast, which is crow777radio.com. And I maintain that private website on a private server uh, so that what we do is we record two hours. The first one goes out on YouTube where censorship is the rule. And uh, the second hour, we talk about things that we can't talk about on social media anymore. So the members there drive a conversation uh, that, in my view, matters. Very good. Yeah, the censorship is definitely rampant nowadays, and I want to get to that. Um, but first, I mean, I want to talk about how the elites and the controllers of our society, they basically use occult practices and ancient magic to control us, to steer society, and to rule over us. Is that something you found with your research? These days, you know, yeah, that there's absolutely um, that that plays into it. Uh, the the oldest, probably special families in our world, um, and Lord knows what else, never forgot the older ways, the natural ways, things that we might call alchemy these days. Actually, it's the misuse of alchemy. Um, there's certainly a lot of that going on, but at this point, uh, if you look at it logically, you can see that most of the controls that are being pushed on us are done through corporation. Google is a good example. Um, you know, our government's not supposed to infringe on our rights of free speech, yet they back the very corporations like Google um, that do, and basically all social media at this point. Um, so if you really look at it logically, yeah, there is, a, there is a hidden occult aspect to all this, but a lot of it's in your face now, and it's simply done through corporation. Right, they have they have definitely normalized the occult aspect of what you're doing of what they're doing. Um, yeah, they they uh, play it all over the new TV shows and the music. Um, you know, they're basically getting us, I guess, uh, accustomed to it. Um, but yeah, you're right. Corporations uh, rule our society, 
And many people might not even know that we are actually ourselves considered a corporation. Well, the United States, our government, what we call our government is in fact a corporation. Um, Jason and I have covered that on the podcast. Uh, Jason did a lot of research. He can even cite the year I've forgotten, um, the exact year. Uh, the idea that the Constitution that we started with in this country is not the cost Constitution that we see now. Um, it's absolutely true. Corporation. Um, and the thing about corporation is it's based in fantasy. Um, a corporation is given the rights of a living human being, but it's not a living human being. It's just a dead, lifeless entity. Um, so that's something to think about. That plays into the occult ideas of control as well. And for those who may not know, I mean, I get people that will deny up and down that there's no way us as a human could be considered a corporation. But there's way that you can go and, and easily verify this. Isn't this correct? Yeah, you can take your birth certificate or in some cases your social security number. And this is since people have caught on, um, they've made it more difficult. But you can look up the corporation that was set up on your birthday when you were the day you were born being your birthday. Um, and it's your name, basically your legal name. And that is a corporation traded uh, like stock kind of. And um, it's what is called the straw man identity is maybe one of the common ways it's referred to. But I don't know if YouTube scrubbed all that. I mean, if you try to look at false flags these days, it's very difficult. They've scrubbed most of it. The stuff that's gone on in New Zealand, uh, if you try to search that out, all you get is mainstream news at this point. But if you are diligent, you can look up how to find your straw man corporation. It's typically done with information off your birth certificate or in some cases, maybe your social, social security number. Definitely. And, you know, speaking of the censorship, that's one of the, the big things that I want to discuss tonight. Um, I'm definitely feeling the effects on my channel. I know you have felt major effects from it. Uh, if you would, maybe tell us a little bit about what your channel went through and, you know, what is going on nowadays with, you know, um, not only the censorship, but the they're basically spying on everything we have. They have access to everything we do now. But first, tell us a little bit about what happened with your channel. Well, they deleted my YouTube channel with, at the time, I think there was nearly 100,000 in the neighborhood of 100,000 followers. Um, which those numbers are made up anyhow. They don't accurately reflect, reflect the reality. They haven't for years and years and years. But um, we, Jason and I, covered the Las Vegas nonsense, Mandalay Bay. Um, that was episode 76 of the podcast. And then they gave me the third strike on my channel, which they used a lunar wave video, of all things, to, to give me the third strike. But we're reasonably sure it was because... We covered Mandalay Bay. We had a guy on that also showed the name of the supposed shooter paddock was the demon familiar from the play Macbeth. Uh, the scene that, that the demon familiar shows up is in a desert. It all lines up perfectly. Same, same old occult nonsense going on there. Um, and they deleted me. And what people were doing at the time was setting up a new channel. I said, no way in hell. You know, they just scrubbed many thousands, I don't even know how many thousands of hours they deleted in one fell swoop. And so I wouldn't do it. Well, the followers that I had at the time began to email and complain. And lo and behold, roughly three weeks later, 
uh, I get an email from Google saying I have a copyright strike. And I said, what the hell? I don't have a channel. How can I have a strike? So I click on the link, and there's a channel that says Crow 777. It looks kind of like my channel. It's not quite right. And the copyright strike had to do with music and a Greg Carlwood of Higherside Chats video that I had run on my channel. So it was actually Greg Carlwood's copyright strike. Um, but to get, you know, to, to get back to it, as we ran in uh, to that period of time, and that was in the fall of 2017 when censorship came wide out in the open, um, they, they gave me strikes on the other two strikes were on videos that had been up for two years. Um, so this is what's happened. And since that time, uh, I don't know how many endless channels we've seen censored in one way, shape, or form, but it's pretty clear that if you talk about what's called a false flag, uh, you will probably get strikes or videos removed or these types of things. Yeah, and it's not just false flags anymore. Um, recently, they had a wave of, uh, they just deleted almost every channel that talks about anti-vaccinations. Um, Basically, anything uh, conspiracy-related is in very uh, high danger right now. Well, the, conspir the, the conspiracy is not the people covering it. The conspiracy is the people censoring it. That's all backwards. That's part of the game that gets played. Um, and you're seeing articles on vaccination now that say there is no argument. Well, in fact, there is an argument, and they're censoring the other side of the argument away. Um, and, you know, it's not just vaccination. There's, there's a whole slew of talk. They, they announced that they would be actively not listing flat earth community anymore. What's that about? Right. If, those are, if those are just crazy people talking crazy, then what's the point? And it tells you all something pretty important. If you challenge space or other things, they're there censoring. Um, there's going to be a price to pay for all this censorship. There's going to come a point. Um, the problem is, is that the corporations are acting like these are our platforms. We own them. We control them. But at the base of what's going on, they're violating the natural rights of a living human being, aren't they? They definitely are. And I, I mean, the I know the end game is ultimate control, but there has to be, you know, there has to be so much more to it. Um, based on your research, what is the end game with the censorship that is occurring right now? Well, technology is going to end up having been a lot more trouble than it was ever worth, and most people won't accept that is true, but it is true. What's gonna happen here is everything we do is gonna end up online. The internet of things is coming. That means even your refrigerator and your toaster. All these things are gonna give data. The people who can control the data uh, basically can create a time machine with that data. They can predict an event that's gonna happen a year from now to a 98 or a 99% certainty. They can predict the time of your death with enough good data, uh, the day it will happen, the geography, the cause, what group of people that makes you, the minute of the day, to a 98 or a 99% certainty. We just did a big show on this uh, with a guy called the Great Baldini who had insider views of what data collection can do. But to get back to the digital age, um, you know, there was a, a book written in the uh, 50s called Dune that a lot of people are familiar with. And in that, there's the idea that there was this thing called the Butlerian Jihad. And in the book, in the fiction book Dune, uh, that Butlerian Jihad is described as a galaxy-wide war that was fought over computers because computers had gotten so far out of hand. 
when the war was over, anyone who owned a computer could be put to death in that fiction series. And you got to wonder, how did a guy in the 50s possibly understand where computers were going? But that's absolutely where we're going. Everything you do on your cell phone, even on your television, believe it or not, is collecting data on you. Pretty soon, the Internet of Things, you use your toaster, you'll get data collected. They'll know what you're eating, when you're eating, when you use it, what's in your refrigerator, all of it. You get in your car, GPS tells them where you're going to be. And everything you do is going to be collected online. And at that point, the control that can be exerted over living human beings is going to be overwhelming. Um, Bitcoin is another good example. So many people who don't understand technology think Bitcoin's a big idea. And I'm here to tell you the day that some version of Bitcoin becomes the main way we have currency will be the largest loss of freedom in the, the history of humanity as far as we know. But that's where this is all going. You can go to my podcast, grow777radio.com. There's an about page. I wrote that in 2013. Um, I knew where this was headed. I didn't even want to open up social media. I filmed the 2012 lunar wave that's so famous in 2012. I didn't even post it for a year because I didn't want to use social media. I finally gave in in October of 2013 and posted a year worth of things I had shot. But there's no mystery where this was going. At least for me, it wasn't. There's no mystery where this is headed. And now it's all in your face. You know, you give it another 10 years and the, the level of control exerted by everything being online is going to be overwhelming. Right. And you mentioned Bitcoin and this blockchain technology behind it. It's just a way for AI to become smarter, basically, right? Well, the big, yeah, sure. Well, AI has been with us a lot longer than people think. Um, whenever you see those sock puppet channels posting on YouTube, um, that's likely done by AI. But to get to the point, everything that is done online is teaching AI. Everything. Um, and the thing about AI and blockchain is once they solve a problem, they never need to solve that problem again. Um, but the main lesson here is, is nobody knows who created Bitcoin or who controls it. People are fooled into thinking that it's free of control and that's complete nonsense. Even if that was true, the infrastructure it uses to be used is the internet and that is not free of control. Um, and AI is no different. Somebody controls the AI somewhere and benefits from all that uh, and nobody knows who that is. Right. And another thing that they're trying to sell us now is, um, you know, all this tech, new technology that, that's coming out, it's going to better our lives. It's going to make everything better. We're going to have faster download speeds. Now they're coming out with 5G. They're, uh, you know, rolling it out everywhere uh, with the guy under the guise that we're just going to have just an awesome experience now because of this 5G. When in reality, there has to be some all kinds of malevolent purposes to this. And while 5G is built on the same technology as weaponized signals, um, you can go up, look at the, I forget what it's called, the military uses it. You ever seen the Humvee with the big square antenna where they shoot a ray yeah. at people? They call it the pain device. I forget what it's called. That's 5G. That's the millimeter wave being weaponized. So the millimeter wave that will drive 5G was weaponized long ago and could be weaponized again. It's going to require an antenna every you, uh, you hear 100 feet, but I think it's more realistically every 500 feet. Uh, the thing, I was a radio operator in the military in the, in the United States Marine Corps, so I get this stuff. Um, the thing about millimeter waves, it doesn't go through walls. 
you know? And so you've got it, like if you were on the street in a 5G place to have a connection inside a store, there would have to be more 5G antennas. They openly admit that trees, they always use the example of trees absorb the waves. Well, there's a similarity between human beings and trees. We're both full of water and we both have cells. 5G is a weaponized carrier signal and it's not healthy and it has not been researched to the point where it's going to be proven safe and i don't believe that it could be proven safe we have people out there like matt landman who are activists who are expert in this and we've had them on our show a number of times yeah i've had him on as well yeah it's you know the 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 truth about technology is it's already it's already gone south Right now, if you go online to try to find information, what you get is Wikipedia and the proved sources. And what this serves to do is stifle new discovery. Like right now, we're working on filming a double sun. Um, if that ends up being true, um, every video we post either gets taken down or an Encyclopedia Britannica overlay comes on the video. Right. Uh, so what they're doing is saying all this old information that we like to fake was tr like was true is the only information that matters and all the new information is against the rules. So you can see what technology has done. Not only that, um, Google's been scanning books for, I don't know, close to 20 years or something like that. There's going to come a point when libraries go away. And again, that will be a massive information loss because when a book is printed, it is not so easy to change what is written in that book. When information is provided online, someone in a powerful position at Google or elsewhere could hit one key and, as an example, change the word murderer to interesting man, if they so desired, which shows you that it's like the barn wall in the book Animal Farm that we all read in high school. Um, where the animals looked at the barn wall so they knew what the laws were, but the barn wall kept getting repainted, new rules, but they couldn't, the animals couldn't remember. Wait a minute, two weeks ago or a year ago, was that the rule? Well, I can't remember, so this must be what the laws always have been. That's what the internet is doing to us all now. And the book Animal Farm, the book Brave New World, the book 1984, Ayn Rand's Anthem, um, there are any number of books that blueprinted where we were headed long before the tech technological age came to be. Definitely. And one of the worst parts about all this now is the, the targeting of the younger generation. I mean, it's super concentrated on the younger generation because they know that that's going to be our future. And, you know, I look at some of the curriculum my own kids have in school compared to even what I was learning and how different it is. And just it's, it's blatantly trying to dumb down our society. Well, think about this. A lot of kids these days, or I should say children, not kids, because they're not baby goats. Um, children these days um, are not taught cursive. And there's two reasons for this. One reason is because when those children grow up, they won't be able to read the documents that were written before basically typewriters, because everything was in cursive. As a matter of fact, the supposed founding documents of the United States of America. It's all cursive. If you can't write or read cursive, what good do those documents do you anymore? That's intentional dumbing down, but there's another side of this, and I proved it to be true. AI has trouble deciphering cursive writing. So whenever you make images, if you want to mess with AI, use cursive writing, use a cursive font. Right, very interesting. I mean, the, the targeting of kids, it's not only uh, in the curriculum in schools, it's 
you know, through their cell phones, through social media, through right. the, the, the TV and movies that target the kids. I mean, you look at some of the music videos, it's, it's appalling the, some of the stuff that they're, they're watching and into. Well, rap, you know, when I was young, we were being programmed with rock and roll, and that did massive damage. It took apart the family unit. It drugged out more than one generation. Two or three generations ended up getting drugged out. Not that we're still not being drugged out today by the pharmaceutical industry, but that, to set that aside, uh, rap has become the thing, and rap is, is the same thing going on. It's just a hyper version on steroids where women are referred to as sex objects. And the only thing that matters is money and materialism. Um, but to take it a step further, um, I don't pay for Hollywood entertainment, uh, but I did pay for one movie recently, and that was uh, Ready Player One, because I understood instantly. Uh, I got the book and read it, and I understand that it's an accurate prediction of where we're about to be. And one of the main takeaways from Ready Player One is in that reality an intelligent well-educated person is simply someone who can tell you who played Fonzie on happy days in other words anything that has to do with entertainment is what makes for an a well-educated person and I have said for a long time now pretty soon there will be no difference between entertainment and education those two things are merging ever closer together and so the idea of what used to be an educated person back in the 40s will be a far cry from you know the 21st century a few decades in uh, it's all going to be blurring between entertainment and as I have said so often words have meaning and if you break down the word entertainment, it's simply this. Enter to go in. Tain means to hold. And meant is always mind anytime you see the word meant. So entertainment basically means to go in and hold your mind. And that should give you real insight into what Hollywood and cell phones and all these other things are about. But the, the, the children in this age are about to get tested in a terrible, terrible way with the onset of virtual reality. Um, I will never put on VR goggles ever, and that's unfortunate because I, I do astronomy and there's some real useful applications, but I don't care. I'm not going to support that. Um, when virtual reality comes to, be, comes to be more than it is at the moment, um, these, these children are going to be challenged probably beyond what they can bear or resist, um, and that's a shame to think about because the games right now are already going in and holding their minds and taking over major portions of their life. Jason and I have done shows where we had people on who were audio designers for some of the major games. One of the things he told us is there was a zombie kill demons game and the soundtrack was gotten from a slaughterhouse where they were killing pigs. The screaming of the pigs was wow. the audio track that they fashioned for these children to hear as they were killing zombies and demons. So you, you can logically work out what kind of effect that might have. Yeah, when you said Ready Player One, I thought the exact same thing. But not only that, uh, you know, how close we're becoming and how terrifying it is that our world is definitely heading in that direction. And we could see something like this within our lifetime. It's happened quickly. Um, I can remember back when everything was analog. And I'll tell you what. The products that we had when I was young, I was born in the early 60s, um, they were better. The cars were better. Everything was better. Furniture, all of it. 
But, you know, there's another movie that makes fun of this. Um, everyone's familiar with H.G. Wells, who was an insider, who also wrote books that echoed the, the future we're entering now. Um, he was in the circles of royalty in Tavistock, places like this. But the name of the book is, I think it's Time Again or something. Um, it's a modern day version of the time machine where Jack the Ripper comes to the 1970s America. So H.G. Wells comes from the 1800s to chase Jack the Ripper, which, by the way, is a fake false flag story that we've been told forever. Um, and he comes thinking, boy, by the time I get to the 1970s from the late 1800s, it's going to be paradise. It's going to be utopia. Man will have achieved this great peace. And he gets here and he goes, oh, my God, it's the exact opposite. Um, everything's crap, everything's violent, everything's hyper-materialism. And this, this lady that he ends up staying with, he goes, where's all your books? And the lady says, well, we, we don't really read books anymore. We pretty much go to the movies. And so he can't wait to get back to the 1800s. And they show him, go into his library. All the furniture is just so quality, handcrafted, beautifully made. His library has all the old classics and important literature that they're reading, by the way, in the language they were written, because in the late 1800s, an educated person spoke three or four languages and was well-versed in mathematical ideas and such. Um, so even from the 1800s, the fall we've taken is precipitous, but it ain't nothing like the fall we're about to take if we don't begin to adjust. Definitely, I agree. Um, and the, the next movement that we have to talk about is, is transhumanism. Um, that's one of the – they push it so much on uh, TV shows and movies nowadays. That's, you know, almost everything we see has some sort of transhuman um, aspect to it. Yeah, that's because they got to get human beings to be one of the things on the Internet of things. So you'd be about like your refrigerator – You'll be plugged in just like everything else. That's where this is, you know, it's stated. Uh, it was the Macy's Foundation. And yes, that is Macy's, the department store we're talking about, who started holding uh, conferences. And I forget what it was, the 30s or the 40s, I think. Jason and I have shows of it posted on Crow 777 Radio. Um, and they called it cybernetics back then, but it was the precursor to transhumanism. And what transhumanism is about is merging technology with the human body. And that will be, I don't know, maybe the matrix is a good allegory for it. But, you know, just imagine um, being connected uh, to technology, your actual body. And they, they act like it's an upgrade, uh, but I don't accept that and I never will. Uh, I don't know how we got here. I, I don't know. You know, what people, people can choose to accept whether there's a creator or whatever they want. But the point is, is nature is perfect from our point of view. And that includes our bodies. Um, if a thing needs to happen in nature, it damn well will. And it happens when it needs to. And it has been doing it ever since it's been here, apparently. And what we see going on is artificial technology is seeking to replace nature. The reason for that is because the people in charge cannot be gods of nature. They can't. They can't do it. The men and women do not make things to that level of perfection. So what they're doing is bringing artificial technology, which they can, in fact, be gods or goddesses of. So basically what's going on here, from my point of view, is the natural world is slowly being replaced by an artificial world that's a pale shadow in comparison. Now, not only that, but it, we're combining 
um, the sexes, and species. People want to be uh, animals. People are trying to to be, you know, dogs and cats, and and they're trying to get rights to actually be become these things. And and this is not this is a, a disorder. This is not something that should be acceptable in society. I think a lot of this is just mind warping news, but the gender confusion is real and it's been going on for a long, long time. As a matter of fact, the first inklings of the gender confusion was probably back in the 60s with famous musicians like David Bowie, um, you know, where there and then, you know, into the 80s glam movement where even Aerosmith wrote a song saying, dude looks like a lady. That's what he was talking about was all the musicians who were men looking like women. And the gender confusion is a big part of this. And that is the the destruction of nature or the idea of nature in our in our minds. And this is not about bashing gay or lesbian or anything else. That has always been a part of our world, a small right. percentage, but a small percentage that was allowed to exist. I mean, you can see accounts from American Indians where if there was someone who was a man, say, who was gay and did not identify with men, he was allowed to hang out with the women and it was no big deal. That's not what's going on here. What's going on here is from the beginning of time, it has taken a female of the species and a male of the species to replicate, to make babies. And there's a role in having to survive in this world. Historically, the, man, the males served this part of a role. The women took care of the offspring, these kinds of ideas. And it goes across every species. It's different for a bluebird. It's different for a beaver. It's different for a deer. But those roles are well-defined all the way back to the dimmest recesses of history. So what's going on now is human beings are convinced, or trying, they're trying to convince them uh, that, that there is no clear-cut gender, and this gender confusion that goes on has gotten so bad that when you're watching entertainment, you truly do not know if you are looking at a male actor or a female actor, and that's all the more fuel for the gender confusion agenda that's going on and it has really stepped up recently um the truth is you know you see it on churches all the time i have a church in my area that does it there's a big i can't even remember all the letters there are now gay lesbian i don't know there's a whole bunch of letters they've added to that flag the rainbow flag on this church they've put up the rainbow flag and it says all everyone's welcome even you know the gay and lesbian community. And all that does is further the division. You see, what a church should say is everyone's welcome. That's it. Right, Doesn't, exactly. You're not mentioning whether you're black, white, red, purple, gay, lesbian, transgendered, or any of these things. If you're a human being, you can pass through these doors. That is how you are all inclusive. And yet, what they've been convinced to do is keep the division going by pasting the flag up on the wall and pointing to that group specifically and say, well, you guys can come too, which is just another form of division if you logically work it down. Either everyone is welcome or everyone is not welcome. And breaking people down into subcategories is just more forms of making it a problem. Right now is the most critical time for us to take back control of our food supply and become self-reliant by having our very own food forest. Transform your yard into a food forest and create a system of self-reliance that's easy and enjoyable with our friends at Food Forest Abundance. No matter where you're starting from, you can become more self-reliant. 
You can take your self-reliance to the next level by becoming a producer of your own food through growing and foraging. Learn how to turn your property into an income-producing source of economic self-reliance. If you're ready to go off-grid, click the link in the description and use coupon code FORBIDDEN for discounts on your very own food forest with Food Forest Abundance. You're, you're right. It's It's gotten so bad nowadays that... Uh, I don't know how we can uh, turn any of this around. It's just like a, a nonstop, uh, uh, you know, a runaway train that all we can do is just watch as it just gets worse and worse. But I mean, we can make the changes in our own lives, but the, um, you know, but like that is change. Making a change in your own life is in fact change. Sometime around 2000, the human consciousness began to awaken. Um, we've witnessed it from then till now. And so the question becomes, will the awakening of human consciousness uh, be stifled for all this other nonsense to go on, or will the rising of human consciousness stand up against it at some point? This is exactly what vaccination is about. Because if you vaccinate a child and he becomes autistic, there's no need to talk about an awakening, is there? You've damaged that child. Right. Um, and that's what this is about. And look at medicine in this country. If you go to a doctor, are you getting cured or healed these days? Or are you basically being handed drugs? For my part, I know damn well, unless I need surgery. In the West, they're very good at surgery most of the time. But most average visits to a doctor result in you being handed drugs, narcotics, pharmaceuticals of some kind, and all these things. Even the invention of the cell phone as a matter of fact, are geared to stifle the awakening of the human mind. I would put this forward. Is it possible that if the cell phone never would have been invented, that we would be on the precipice of not needing a cell phone, being able to talk mind to mind? And I think that's where human consciousness heads, but technology is going to thwart that every, everywhere that it possibly can, and it always already is. And when you see censorship targeting vaccination, you should fully understand why. Because there is a debate going on, except one side of the debate is being censored. And that should tell you the importance of what is being censored. You're absolutely right. And, you know, part of this censorship is, is probably just a reaction to the massive awakening that they see going on uh, as a kind of a way to, to, to combat it or, or suppress it. Well, apparently, this is just part of our natural world and the development of human beings as a species. And not only that, you can see it in dogs, too. Look at all the, the videos online of, like, bulldogs jumping on a skateboard and using it on a ramp. If you would have saw that in the 70s, that dog would have been, like, the most famous dog in the world. And right. now it's becoming commonplace. So what we see is consciousness risings a lot in humans, but we kind of even see man's best friend kind of tagging along. For the, for the rise in consciousness, um, becoming inter integrally tied um, dogs with human beings and seeing that what's going on with us is even having an effect on them. But it's probably pretty clearly been known by those people who never lost the older knowledge um, that this was coming. Uh, you know, they had the whole end of the world nonsense coming in 2012 when in fact what was going on is the human, the human species uh, as a race was waking up at that time. They were trying to convince us the world was about to end because the Mayan long count and all this other nonsense they just made up um, was going to happen. And that's all designed to stifle 
the rise in human consciousness. So the real question here becomes, will the individual work on themselves and decide what is acceptable and what is not, and not participate in those things they deem unacceptable, and help to rise consciousness and stave off the ridiculous idea that some law enforcement place can force your child to get a needle in their arm. By the way, there are 84 inoculations currently, actually more than that in some counts, but at least 84 over the life of a child, and those shots start right at birth. When I was young, I was forced to take the polio vaccine. I was told, you're now immune from polio for the rest of your life. Now, there are four polio boosters. Do you understand what's going on here? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, and the ingredients, uh, there's so many extra ingredients now that are just not necessary. Well, there, when you get one inoculation, quite often there's four different vaccines in it, which forces adjuvants to be used. And you would be surprised. We just did two episodes on Crow 777 Radio that gives you the ingredients. Uh, there's been mercury put in these things, which is known to be poison, which the dentist also puts in your mouth if you let him. Um, but there's gelatin from pigs. Uh, so how do people who are Islamic or Jewish take a vaccine? And yet they have rabbis and uh, imams telling everyone that it's so processed, it's no longer pig. Nonetheless, what the hell is that doing in some kind of a, a vaccination? Um, people can look up what goes into adjuvants or then go to crow777radio.com, my private free speech zone, and start to learn what's been put in. But uh, we had four guests on recently. Uh, each of them had one or more children damaged after taking the MMR vaccine or the DTaP. Uh, they now have autistic children. Yeah, that... I mean, it's amazing the, um, you know, the amount of denial that, you know, most people are putting up uh, about the vaccination issue. Well, we had another uh, homeopath from uh, Italy who was inheritor of older knowledge. He still uses spagyrics, which is alchemy of the plant kingdom, to actually heal people, actually heal them. And he, he, he drew a timeline showing that in the 50s, what vaccines once were became something drastically different, drastically, drastically different. But it doesn't take a genius to understand that when you go to the dentist and they put mercury, which is a poison, in your mouth, what's going on there? I'm not suggesting the dentist is trying to harm you because the dentist was trained to do what he's doing. But nonetheless, if you can identify thing as a poison, does it have a place in medicine or in your body? I would ask. Definitely. Now, you, you were talking about this awakening, and I see it too. I mean, everybody does. It, it, it's definitely there. Um, it's just a question of can this overcome? Uh, can we rise up uh, and overcome what's going yes. on? Yes, but we can. Also, you know, the time we're living in right now, I'm seeing things that I never thought I'd see in my lifetime. Um, and me personally, I don't, I don't trust any president. I, you know, I think they're all puppets. Um, they are. There are strange things going on now with this one. I, I want to know your take on our current president and what you think some of the agendas are behind, you know, his. I, I don't spend a second on politics. Um, that's not. Those people have nothing to do 
for me or with me or because of me. Uh, I will not opt into agreeing with that system. And anyone who registers to vote is opting into the system. But people have forgotten what they were taught in high school. When you I go and yeah, I agree you, with you. you go, yeah, when you go vote, you're not seating the president. Well, by the way, what's it called when you go to vote? You go to a polling place, right? You're being polled. Who seats the president is the Electoral College, and you were told that in high school. So every four years, presumably many thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of people go out to vote, and that vote counts for exactly nothing. It's just data being collected. Probably the most valuable thing it does is it tells them if Fox and CNN were able to program enough minds to get them to vote in the way they want, but it doesn't matter. There are endless examples of the Electoral College, which is insider baseball, always has been, um, seating a president against what they call as the popular vote. So how can that be? If you're voting for president, how can the electoral, I think Trump was, was that. I think the, the popular vote was against Trump. That, that was or, correct. Yeah. And, and so uh, he, he was seated anyhow. And as a matter of fact, one of the people who was seated against the popular vote was a guy named Harrison, uh, Benjamin Harrison. You know who his descendants are? Who is that? The brilliant minds who bring us pawn stars. Those are the descendants of uh, Benjamin Harrison. So how is it that we have millions of people in this country and yet the descendants of a guy who was seated against the popular vote as president of this country are the people who get a TV show? It's inside baseball. And to take it a step further, when the 13 original colonies, I live in the state of Rhode Island, um, which was one of those 13 original colonies, walked in as the other 12 and well, all 13 were putting together the Electoral College. And you can look this up. The state of Rhode Island said, what the hell are you guys doing? You're putting a back door to power in so the same people who have always held power will continue to hold power. And Rhode Island said, we will not take part in this Electoral College ruse. And they walked out. Look it up. It's true. So that tells you what's going on here. And I, I have no part with voting or any of the other nonsense that supposedly is government, which is actually a corporation. Oh, I agree with you 100%. Um, I just think the things that are happening right now are so extreme. It's like they're trying so hard to distract us with, the, the tr with Trump and everything of course. behind it. Um, and it, it's, it's at a time, you know. Here's, here's another thing people can look up. There's a guy named Montague Norman back in, I think, 1924. He was the governor of the Bank of England. So that's the Central Bank of England, which was the model for the Central Bank we got, okay? So the governor of the Central Bank of England, Montague Norman, comes to the United States in 1924 to speak to a convention of all the bankers in this country. You can look up the speech if you work at it. Um, and he tells them, guess what? We've got our political parties now, red and blue, Democrat and Republican. And what we're going to use them for is to get them to endlessly argue about things that have no importance. Look it up. It's a fact. Wow, that's, that's amazing. Now, where do you think... Uh, they're, they're trying to, to, to steer us with all this. I mean, is it just, just a distraction for the agendas that they're continuing to push? Or do you think it's on to, to something bigger? Um, or do you have any thoughts on that? <clears throat> you know, corporation serves as a good roadblock. What, or good, good model, I mean. What happens with corporations? Well, 
they fight with each other, right? Try to take each other over. So the one that gets biggest and most powerful ends up buying out or taking over all the other corporations. So lots and lots and lots of corporations slowly become fewer and fewer and fewer corporations. We did an episode not too, too long ago, maybe about a year ago, that showed basically two overarching massive corporations own all entertainment and information systems that matter. But what we noted was that the board members on those two massive corporations um, are all in the same uh, clubs above that, like the, the Club of Rome or the Trilateral Commission. So basically, okay. the same groups of people are still in cahoots with each other covering those two things. As a matter of fact, you could look at a corporation like Disney, which is big, um, and they're owned by one of these two major corporations. Go look up the shuttered businesses on Wikipedia of Disney. Jason and I were going to cover this, but we couldn't even cover the shuttered businesses or the closed businesses in half an hour. And you can look up what they own otherwise. So what you're looking at, I think they made fun of it back in, I don't know whether it was Judge Dredd or some cheesy uh, Sylvester Sloan movie from the 80s where there was one corporation left, it was Taco Bell. They're making fun because that's where all this heads. Pretty soon there will be one corporation or eventually there will be one corporation that will exert total control over everything. And so that's a bit like a world dictatorship if you logically look at it, you know? Definitely. Um, and one of the things that we had, you had mentioned earlier is um, the use of, you know, false flags or staged events to kind of steer an agenda or push an agenda or whatever they're using it for. Um, the thing that gets me is I've heard some researchers say that they have to tell us about it in some way or form or show us clues about what they're going to do as a form of it makes it okay in a way for them to do it. Have you ever heard anything? Yeah, it's the, it's the idea of universal law. Um, and I often describe it like this, and this basically relates to some versions of Talmudic law. Um, one of the versions, one of the examples given to me by a friend of mine who is Jewish to, to represent what the Talmudic law was about was this guy's pulled in front of the Jewish jury, the Talmudic jury, and he's Jewish. And there's been a man killed. And so the, the jury there, the Talmud jury or whatever it is, the judge says, you know, are you guilty? Did you kill this man? And he says, no, I didn't kill this man. I said, he says, that man starved to death. All I did was tie him up. Right. And, he's let, and he's let go. But you see, the idea of universal law is basically this. If you set a trap for a human being that could not possibly be detected and you catch a human being, there's a karmic price to pay for having done that. But what's kind of cheesy about how they get around it is you see things that would be like this. So you're about to take a hike in a forest and there's bear traps set in there to catch human beings. And at the edge of the forest, someone puts up this barely legible sign that says, you might not want to walk here because there could be traps. <laughs> and now they're alleviated. You know, it's these yeah. kinds of ridiculous scenarios or using some of the worst sci-fi movies ever to pre-echo things that are going about to happen. Like look at 9-11. Uh, look at you know, does anyone not understand what Back to the Future, the first movie, was about? It was pre-echoing 9-11s, what it was there for. Or the album Breakfast for America uh, by Supertramp, pre-echoing 22 years in advance. Um, 
So I guess that serves as legitimate notification in someone's warped mind. Uh, for me, that doesn't hold water. Right. And, you know, especially if, you know, the fact that people really did die in some of these, it, it's, um, you know, it makes you realize how psychotic the people who run our world are. I don't accept death, but in things like that, you really, there is no way to determine so much destruction and bad stuff in the air. It's hard to tell how many people may have been adversely affected or killed. But in the actual events, um, that's, that's the power, that's the fuel to these events, making people afraid, thinking that death has occurred. It's just what went on in New Zealand, it's what went on in Vegas, it went on in any of these events that have been shown to be nonsense to a higher human mind. Uh, if you grow up and quit believing in things because you choose to, uh, you get to the point where you can smell the nonsense all over it. But a lot of people haven't got there. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, one of the last things I wanted to talk to you about, I myself, I'm not a flat earther, but I'm open-minded. I know that the that our world is not what they're telling us. Um, I am open to other ideas. I, I'm open to research. Good I'd for like you. to know what are your thoughts on what we're actually living on? Because I am, like I said, I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, um, going with one view or the other. I'm open to ideas. And well, there's, I, I know they lie to us about everything. There's almost certainly a hard, fast barrier. Um, I regularly say that nobody leaves our atmosphere, not with their bodies, not machines, not men, never have. Um, but the way I have chosen to describe where we are, um, is saying we live on a planet if you remove the T. Um, what I did is I took high-end optical tools out to a long shot many, many miles on water and saw that I could see too far, which proves the curvature model is incorrect. Um, but that sets aside all the telescopic work and other things we've done. And when you begin to understand lies of this magnitude or that we landed on the moon or any of the other lies that we've been told, you begin to logically work out there could actually be continents or land masses that we know nothing of. Um, and it's a hell of a thing to consider. But the fact that you are open-minded, good on you. Um, there's no rule in this world that says you have to adopt anything, but if you've got an open mind and you'll do research, you'll be better for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm always uh, learning and doing research. And one of my biggest questions is, if space is not what they tell us, what is outside of our atmosphere? We're working on an interesting thing now where we may have shot what appears to be a double sun. Uh, with hydrogen alpha solar max telescopes. Um, I'm not the only one. I did it in 2016. Another guy who saw my footage did it shortly after I did, and he's been doing it ever since. I'll be teaming up with him to use solar max scopes uh, to dig further into this. Um, I have said that it's quite possible maybe space is more like some kind of liquid. Maybe um, the religious accounts, all the major religious accounts, not just Christianity. In Christianity, the idea is there's a firmament that separates waters from waters. I don't think that's far from wrong. And I think a lot of the Bible encodes the older natural ideas. So if you look at those and get beyond just doing a literal surface read, there's a lot there 
in those texts. And it's not just Christianity, it's all the old religions that have been around for a long time or differing versions of the same ideas I'm expressing here. But there is certainly a hard, fast barrier. I call it a hard, fast barrier. Uh, religious people call it a firmament. There are a lot of people in the flat earth com community that call it a dome, whatever. Everyone there is expressing the same idea in different ways. So I'm fine with it. Um, and, you know, to get off topic for a minute, um, before we wrap up, I want to get this important idea in. Control hates one thing above all other things. And that thing is variety. So when you see other people in the world who think differently or act differently than you or are different, you should embrace that and appreciate it with all your might. Because as long as variety exists, control has a very difficult time. What control seeks to do is remove variety and then categorize people down into groups. Well, you're a Catholic, you're a Republican, you're this, you're that putting them in little bean pots to be countered and controlled. And you can see what I'm telling you is true by comparing automobiles in the United States back in the 60s and 70s. Look at all the variety in color and types of vehicles. Say Chevy would come out with a, or maybe Ford was first, I don't remember, the, the Mustang comes out and then Chevy answered with the Camaro. And then pretty soon, Mopar came out with the Challenger or the Charger, and there were even peculiar colors like Charger Purple, and look at all the colors and variety in the automobile. Now go out and look. There's basically four or five colors that are very muted colors for the most part right. uh, across the mass of cars, but if you take a car like, say, the SUV, a Hyundai Santa Fe, that class of vehicles, go look at all the competitors. And in that class, all the vehicles are almost identical. That is the actual removing of variety by a control system so that they can exert control. So I will echo one more time. When you see differing ideas, differing religions, differing peoples, differing anything, you should embrace that because mass variety stops wholesale control. But on the flip side, when variety is removed, control begins to be exerted wholesale very well said that yeah that's awesome i agree with that wholeheartedly um now crow for the last few minutes um first i'd like you to tell us uh for those who may not know the significance of what you filmed on the moon the lunar wave uh what it means well, at least uh, according to your research and then end on telling us about uh the film you made Okay, um, so in 2012, I accidentally shot a thing that's been come to be famous worldwide known as the lunar wave. The 2012 example is the best example I'm aware of, and people should understand that now it's been shot by more than 30 people, we're pretty sure. Um, it's probably much more than 30 people, and it's been shot twice in front of Jupiter. Um, I suspect that it relates to the hard, fast barrier that I was talking about earlier, and it may even have to do with space being a liquid. These are hard things to know because I don't have a magic plane or a hot air balloon that'll get me there so I can touch it, feel it, you know, smell it, taste it, up close, take a view, so we have to use logic down here. The lunar wave actually helped start the Flat Earth Movement. Actually, the Flat Earth Movement started 30 days after the 2012 lunar wave was posted in October of 2013. And I suspect the reason for that was because people saw that and thought to themselves, 
I thought I knew what the moon was. Maybe I should take a closer look. And when people began to scrutinize what I call the sky clock and the world around them, they began to realize the things they were told are not true. Like we can see too far for the curvature model to be correct. That's provable. If people want to argue with it, they can, but it's in fact provable. And if they went out and did the same thing, they would understand that that's provable. As for the movie, uh, my co-host Jason Lindgren talked me into almost two years ago making a two-hour film that covered from the filming of the 2012 lunar wave to present. Um, and we did that, and it was released on April the 5th. Uh, it's been up for just a few days now. It's been streamed in, I think, 27 or 28 countries. Um, the One of the side effects of the movie is it's gotten a lot of people to respond to us saying, you know what, I'm going to get a good camera, or I'm going to get a telescope, and I'm going to start filming, which to me is the best result I could hope for. All these people going out to to do first-hand observation. At any rate, the movie is called Shoot the Moon. It's on Vimeo. I imagine you'll probably include a link, or if people definitely go to Crow777 on Twitter, um, there's always links for the movie there. Again, it's called Shoot the Moon. And uh, I don't think I, I've, I'm aware of another movie that has more strange things filmed through a telescope or very powerful daytime tools like things, orbs around chemtrails, invisible vortexes shot in full spectrum, an endless line of what people will call UFOs, um, though I don't accept that. I think it's all human technology. Um, it's a hell of an interesting two-hour ride. Very good. Yes, I'll definitely leave the link. Uh, Crow, that was fantastic information. I'm definitely going to have to have you back on. All right. Well, thanks for having me, and if I've got time, I'm happy to do it. Awesome. Well, hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. All right, man. Have a, have a great day, and uh, I hope you have a happy, healthy, and higher-minded year ahead. You too. Thank you. Cheers. Through bite-sized, epic reworks of Edward Grieg, George Friedrich Handel, Richard Wagner, and many more, the Ostrogothic Fantasy Orchestra has released a new album, Watch the Vatican, which is available now. Watch the Vatican includes 13 drummed-up tracks and will introduce the world of classical music to both young and old. Music is a great way to awaken sleeping souls and raise anyone's vibration to the next level. So head over to gothokestra.com to listen now. If you like what you hear, consider purchasing a digital copy of the album on Bandcamp. That's gothokestra.com, G-O-T-H-O-C-H-E-S-T-R-A.com. And keep in mind, the monogram of the nine is with us all the way.